Hello and welcome in to another episode on Kingdom Conversations. I am your host, Pastor Caleb McCall. Just wanted to thank you for jumping on today and joining us. As you can tell with the podcast, we're doing some new things here at the home studio where I will be recording a lot of the podcasts, um, not just the audio, but actually we'll be putting video content out for you, our viewers, to see. And so just want to thank you for jumping on today. Uh, it's been a while since I've uh, just done a straight podcast. I know y'all been listening to the preaching at Legacy Church, and so I could not be more thrilled and excited today uh, than to do our first one for the new year. You know, it was 2024. I've been preaching on the more of 24, and God is just calling us to do some more things, do some new things, do some exciting things within this new year. And so uh, I'm just really excited for what God is going to do with this show, what God is going to do through the airwaves ministry uh, that is happening here on Kingdom Conversations. So get ready this year in 2024. We're going to be doing a lot more interviews. I'm going to be doing a lot more just personal teachings like this and not just sermons from the church. Um, and it's going to be great. It's going to be incredible. And so jump onto this channel on YouTube. We'll be on Kayla McCall Ministries channel. And of course, we'll be on all of your platforms that y'all have been getting the podcast over the last couple of years. Appreciate y'all support over the last couple of years. Look, we have reached thousands upon thousands of people with the gospel of Jesus Christ through this ministry and uh, through our podcast. And so big shout out. Thank you to Charisma Podcast Network for believing in me and believing in the content uh, that we are putting out and that uh, this voice um, can reach the nations and have a message um, that the people of God need to hear. Look, this channel was all about these. Po this podcast is all about equipping and edifying and building up the body of Christ. And so with our first episode, um, I want to jump right in to what it is that the Lord has placed on my heart uh, today. This has actually been something that's been on my heart for a while now, but I've just been waiting back and, and soaking up information, soaking up the instruction of the Lord on what it is that he wants me to say, how he wants me to say it, making sure everything that I say is always coded in love. Um, but also incredible revelation and information that we as the body of Christ needs. So praise the Lord for that. And uh, today's episode, I want to talk to you for a little bit about the fivefold ministry and the local church, the fivefold ministry and the local church. So y'all know me. I'm a word guy. So we're going to open up with a scripture uh, today. And I'm coming from Ephesians chapter four and verse 11. And the Bible says this. And he gave some apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, teachers and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a mature man. See, the, the fivefold is supposed to get us to a place of maturity. Amen. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So we see this here. We have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They're for the equipping of the saints, and they are for um, to attain unity. The fivefold ministry of God 
is supposed to bring unity to the offices, but also to the full collective body so that we may be built up, edified and strengthened into the full stature of what God has called us to. So let me just start out by saying this. The fivefold ministry is real. The fivefold ministry is for today. And it is there to do really three things. Number one, it's there to equip the saints. Number two, it is there to bring unity to the body of Christ. But it is also supposed to strengthen, edify, and encourage that body and build it up to where it becomes the fullness of the stature of God, right? Christ is the head of the body and we make up the body. So the fivefold ministry is supposed to edify, strengthen, encourage, bring unity to the body and equip the saints to leave the local church and the church house to leave the four walls of the church and go out and make a difference into the world. Amen. So I want to break down um, each gift for us uh, today uh, one by one and go over a few things. And I just want to say this as I get started, like there is some some teaching, coaching and correcting within this uh, 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 message today and this information um, that I'm giving today. But know that it all comes from a place of love. And this is all from a place of we've got to get unity in the body of Christ. We've got to get unity in the fivefold. We've got so many people out there that teach that the fivefold really isn't even for today. You know, everybody knows pastors. We love pastors. We know pastors. We appreciate pastors. But pastors are not the only part of the fivefold ministry. It's almost like we have forgotten that these other things exist, especially apostles and prophets. Look, y'all, apostles and prophets are for today. God is still raising them up. God is still using them. Uh, there is the app. There is apostolic gifts. There is prophetic gifts. But then there is the office of these individuals. I think we as the body of Christ, especially here in America, we're good with pastors and teachers. Uh, we we know them, we see them, we recognize them. We're good with them. Uh, we're good with an evangelist, uh, somewhat. So so many uh, evangelists, unfortunately, have left some a bad taste in in some people's mouths. But that doesn't mean you throw them all out, right? There's that old saying my mama used to say, "Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater." Come on, somebody. Like we can't take because one thing has happened or one bad thing has happened and throw out all of the offices, you know. Uh, you don't you don't go and get a bad hamburger from McDonald's and then decide I'm going to stop eating hamburgers, period. You know, come on, we 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 do this type of stuff and it's silly and the body of Christ has got to fix it. We've got to correct it. We've got to change it. Amen. And it's just like this thing with church hurt, you know, first of all, and this is I'm getting ahead of myself. But, you know, I don't I don't know that there really is a thing called church hurt. What happened is you got hurt by people within the church. I'm not downplaying i'm not dismissing the fact that people get hurt in churches it happens all the time i understand that it happens but like i said you know if you get a bad steak somewhere right you're not going to just stop eating steak you go to a different restaurant amen and so when things happen in these church houses and in these church structures and organizations if you get hurt by something within that organization go to a different organization maybe god has called you uh, to move on into your next season when it comes to the church. Oftentimes, I do find that uh, coaching, correcting, something has taken place, and now, you know, we can't receive correction anymore. So now we're church hurt. Now we want to go somewhere else and do something else. But that's not what God has called us to either. I'm not denying that churches 
uh, that uh, people can get hurt in churches by church folks. So hear me out on that. I'm just telling you that we need to check our hearts. We need to not run away from the church of Jesus Christ, which is his bride, which is his body, simply because something has happened to us. Amen. Maybe God is calling us to go somewhere else. Or maybe God is trying to correct you on a situation and he's looking for humility in that correction because God chastises and disciplines his children whom he loves. Amen. So we don't always need to run from the rod. Amen. Maybe we need to embrace the rod and see what God has for us on the other side of it. Amen. So as I get started, I want to break down um, these fivefold ministry gifts and talk about this. And I'm really hanging my hat today. On this aspect of it is the fivefold ministry and the local church. The fivefold ministry and the local church. That's a, the name of today's episode. We got to talk about this stuff. Um, so let's get into this apostles. So apostles come from the Greek word apostolos, which means sent out one. So apostolos means sent out one, one who is sent out. Out. And also we know from the scriptures that with apostles, we know from the scriptures that with with uh, within the scriptures, when it comes to these apostles, they were not only sent out, but they were overseers of works that they themselves had established or that the local church in Jerusalem had sent them to oversee. And they sent them to oversee it by their authority. You read in Acts chapter 15 where uh, Paul and Barnabas are dealing with these people. They come from Jerusalem and they're the, the ones of the circumcision. They believe in Christ, that he's the Messiah. But they say, you still got to live by the law. You still need to be circumcised. And Paul and Barnabas say, whoa, this is wrong teaching. We've got to go to the leadership in Jerusalem. We've got to go to the apostles. We've got to go to the elders even that it says in Acts 15 and bring them this information and they write a letter back and say these men didn't come on our authority. See here, here's, here's one of the issues with the body of Christ when it comes to apostles and this is why a lot of the body of Christ struggles with accepting apostles is because we've got people who are calling themselves apostles. We've got people, uh, Paul calls them the super apostles, amen. Even Jesus, when talking to one of the churches in Revelation, he says, these people who call themselves apostles, you have called them out and you understand that they are not real apostles, but the real apostles came under the leadership, submission, and authority of the local church in Jerusalem. I know that's going to mess some people up because we want to be apostles and we think that apostles don't answer to anybody. We say things, well, God called me to be an apostle and maybe that's so, but God will always confirm and affirm you with his bride, with his body, with his bishops, with his apostles, his other apostles. The Bible says that the prophets are subject to the prophets. The apostles are subject to the apostles. Amen. And so we've got so many people out here that want to put labels of apostles on themselves. And uh, unfortunately, they're not following the leading and guiding of biblical parameters on their apostleship. Number one, they were sent. OK, so who were they sent by? In order to be sent, you got to be sent by somebody. You don't send yourself. And so here is the problem with all of these apostles these days. Now, hear me out. The apostles are real. 
I know many of them. I sit underneath two of them myself. Um, so apostles are real. They're for today. But all of these apostles who are self-proclaiming apostles, that's the ones that we need to correct, call out and disconnect from if they're not willing to humble themselves and, and submit to the biblical parameters of apostleship. So they're sent. Number one, number two, they are overseeing things. The apostles, the 12 apostles, when the persecution hit the church, they were all spread out. There was a few that stayed in Jerusalem. James, the brother of Jesus, was one of them. He ran the Jerusalem church and the headquarters of the apostles. Amen. And so, <clears throat> so when they sent out, the, when the 12 apostles were dispersed, they went out and they planted churches and they were overseers of ministries and things and works of God that they had started. Paul and Barnabas, they had started these works. Um, you see Thomas made it all the way over to India. He started that work. All of the apostles went out, preached the gospel. They started ministries and churches, and then they oversaw them. Here is one of the biggest problems I see with self-proclaiming apostles these days. They claim to be an apostle, yet they have not planted anything and they are not overseeing anything. You cannot call yourself an apostle and you're not established as an apostle if you're not overseeing works. Now watch this too. And works in different regions. You look at the life of the apostles. They were starting works. They're overseeing the works with demonstrations, by the way, not just preaching and teaching, but in demonstrations of power. And they are overseeing the works that they started. And then they move on to the next city. They move on to the next region where they oversee works. If you're not seeing multiple works, overseeing multiple works in multiple regions most of the time, then you are not an apostle. I'm going to let that sit for a minute because I know it's going to going to rub some folks wrong. But but we need to understand this from the biblical parameters of it, because I'm explaining like this. There is a difference between an apostolic anointing or a prophetic anointing and the office of such. And the office of such. There's a big difference between an apostolic anointing and an apostle. There's a big difference between a prophetic anointing and a prophet. I operate in a prophetic anointing. God given me that gift. I use that gift, but I don't call myself a prophet. I'm not I'm not operating in the office of a prophet, which we'll break that down here in a second. Um, but there's a big difference between the two. I'm just going to say it like this. We use this term of apostle way too loosely in the American church. And we got to clean this stuff up. If you're not overseeing multiple works in different regions, and I'm talking about like overseeing, not like praying for them every now and then you show up every now and then to something, you know, I'm talking about you oversee it. They're looking to you for information. They're looking to you for guidance. They're looking to you for leadership in multiple regions or with multiple works, I'm sorry, but you are not an apostle and we've got to stop throwing those words around. Look, Paul and Barnabas, I mentioned this earlier, they get into this situation where these people have come, they're saying we're of the circumcision, we believe in Jesus Christ, he's the Messiah, but you must be circumcised to be saved. 
And and Paul, watch this now. Paul up until this point isn't calling himself an apostle. He comes back to Jerusalem, submits himself to the apostles and the elders and the local church, and then they send him back as an apostle. And now he has become an apostle. Why? Because the apostles are subject to the apostles. The prophets are subject to the prophets. God isn't just speaking to you. He will speak to others about you as well to affirm the call of God on your life, to be trained, to be equipped. All of this Lone Ranger ministry stuff, man, God is like really wanting to correct this because this is where people end up hurt. This is where people end up manipulated. This is where people in the body of Christ are getting church hurt, ministry hurt. All of this stuff that's going on is because there's no accountability. It's because there's no accountability. Well, you know, I see this. I see myself as an apostle. Therefore, I think I don't have to answer to anybody. That's not biblical. It's you won't open up that book and find it in there. The apostles and the prophets were subject to each other and they worked together. Uh, let me say this too about an apostle. An apostle doesn't show up to an already established work, not knowing anybody there come and sit on some chairs for a couple of weeks and then establish themselves as the apostle over the house or the prophet over the house. I mean, I, I, I witnessed uh, one of the craziest things this past year. And some of my pastoral friends dealt with this stuff where some individuals come into the church and they sit for a while when the hearts of the people and then come to you later and say, your church really isn't operating in an Ephesians 4, 5-fold ministry model. And if you want your church to operate in a biblical model, then we need to be the apostle and prophet over your church. And you can be the pastor and you can counsel and you can help people with their problems. But you're not really you don't really need to preach. You know, you need to handle shepherd type duties and be pushed to the side and we're going to come in and be your apostle and your prophet over your ministry that you launched, that you started, that you got blood, sweat and tears into. And, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to let that sit for a second, too, because as I mean, when you think about it, this is crazy. This is crazy. And then hand you some paperwork talking about, yeah, this is the fivefold. This is the fivefold ministry model that you need to be following. And if you're not, you're an unbiblical church. You you've got things wrong. You've got things messed up. And and, you know, oh, by the way, I'm going to take some of your people on the way out. If you don't agree to what I am telling you, I think there's a spirit behind that. And we know the name for that spirit trying to come in and take over the leadership. Right. And manipulate things using scripture as well to manipulate things, people, places and situations to try to get what they want. It's an agenda from hell. It's not good. And I'll say this too: most people operating in any type of Jezebel spirit or takeover spirit. Most of them don't know that they're operating in it. We need to pray for them. We need to fast for them. Um, we do need to have these tough conversations and call it out. But hopefully when we have that conversation, if the person's heart's right with the Lord, then they would repent and say, my goodness, I didn't even notice or see that I was doing that. Man, maybe maybe I do need to back off of that uh, a little bit. Um, and, and I want to say this to all the pastors out there. If you don't have because this is one of the things that those type of folks say too, 
if you don't have the FIFO ministry operating within your church, that you're not a biblical church and you probably ought to shut your doors. That's absolutely false, 100%. Now, should every church be engaging with this? Uh, should we be striving for the FIFO ministry to be a part? Absolutely, 100%. But not with somebody who comes in who has no part in the work. Come on, Nehemiah. You have no part in this because you haven't built this with us to try to come over and take it over. But I do believe churches need apostle oversight. Uh, my church, I, we have uh, definitely Apostle Ron Carpenter and Redemption Fellowship. They oversee our church connected with the AG as well, connected with another network, Ruach Global Network, with Bishop Kevin Wallace. So we have overseers that come alongside us and help us. Amen. We have teachers within the church. We have uh, prophets within our church. We actually have the whole fivefold ministry. But if a church doesn't have those giftings and there's 20 people gathering or 10 people or 50 people, but that gifting hasn't been given to them yet, we can't tell them to stop gathering, shut your doors. You're, uh, you know, living in your you have a her, uh, heresy church where you're not applying the Bible correctly. That's absurd and ridiculous. OK, so like can we like move past that as the people of God? We, we don't get to go in and take over ministries and 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 be called apostles. Amen. That, that's just crazy. Um, you know, but I'll say this about apostles. Apostles bring instruction. Apostles bring structure. Um, and, and it's really sad to see that some apostles or apostles, they because they believe they're apostles, they don't think they're supposed to submit to anybody. Or maybe they are apostles. They're actually apostolic. They are apostles being called by God, but they still think that they have no one to submit to. Um, that's a lie from the enemy as well. We're called to submit to each other. The fivefold ministry is called to submit to each other. And I'm going to get to what else we're going to submit to towards the end of this. Um, you know, like I said, apostle apostolos means sent out one. You can't be sent out. You can't send yourself out. You got to be sent. You have to be sent. Amen. So, and I just say, you know, Paul is the greatest example of this. This was a man of God. He was an apostle. He was a miracle worker. He wrote two thirds of the New Testament. The man was taught by Jesus himself. OK, and he was still subject to the local church in Jerusalem as he is out saving the world, operating in miracles taught by Jesus himself. But the man has enough wisdom to say, I need to submit myself to other leaders and other brothers and the body of Christ. Amen. He is the greatest example of this. And then what happens is they affirm him and Barnabas and they send him out. They send him back with the letter in Acts chapter 15. We don't have time to read all of that, but um, man, it's incredible to see that he submits himself. They send him back out, establish him as an apostle and then others receive him amen so that's some information on uh, the first one apostles and uh, these other ones won't take as long i wanted to spend a little bit of time on the apostles but the prophet is the next one so we have apostles then we have prophets amen and so the prophet um god uses the office of the prophet to bring 
correction a lot of the times. Look at all throughout the scriptures. You see the Old Testament prophets. They're bringing the word of the Lord. They're bringing correction. You look at the prophetic books in the Bible. It's always you do this. God's going to do this. You do that. God's going to do that. Like there is this beautiful correlation with the prophet being the mouthpiece of God, looking into the future, looking into what is going on with the church and telling you where you're heading, what God is doing, what God is saying. And, and I want to say this about the office of the prophet. It is rare. It is rare. And so is the office of the of the of the apostle. The, uh, I'm, I'm not saying they they aren't real, not saying that they aren't there. They are. Do not miss this. But the offices of these two are not your everyday Christian. I know everybody wants to be on a level playing field. And, and in a sense, we are. But at the same time, when it comes to the fivefold ministry, they are there for the equipping of the saints. It is a high calling. It is. This is for people that don't want to play with God. This is for people that aren't casual Christians. We got too many casual Christians claiming to be parts of this fivefold ministry thing. And this is sacred. It's to be sanctified and set apart. Come on, somebody. So, again, there is a difference in the office of uh, the prophet and and the uh, gifting of so. But they're not only there to correct. I want to say this, too, with the with the prophet. They're not only there to correct. They're there to edify, encourage and build up. Paul says, I wish that y'all prophesied more than you spoke in tongues. He said, I speak in tongues more than all y'all. But I wish that you prophesied because when you prophesy, you speak in that known tongue. You edify the person. You encourage the person. You build the person up. And that is so if that's what the prophetic gift does, that's what the office of the prophet does. I get so sick of seeing these prophets online and they got a big social media falling in. They got this and that. And all they want to do is beat down the bride and the church of Jesus Christ. They want to beat down pastors. They want to beat down other fivefold ministry leaders and the body of Christ. And there's no edification. There, there's no encouragement. There's no building up. Yes, you as the office of a prophet, you are called to correct the body of Christ, but you're called to correct the body of Christ in love. You're called to correct the body of Christ by edifying them, encouraging them, building them up, preaching, teaching, doing all of those things. And I see that some of these, you know, social media prophets, man, it, it's about clickbait. It's about clickbait. Let me give some harsh, crazy, prophetic word and 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 get shock value going with my post and so i can get some people to click and come on to my ministry and then take that junk into the local church and cause all kind of division cause all kind of divisiveness i watched prophets during covid create all kind of chaos for pastors and then the pastors are the one cleaning up the mess as they're missing prophetic words and having to write out major apologies later okay so like what about the prophet correcting, but correcting in love, encouraging, edifying and building one another up? Come on, because that's what the prophet is for. The prophet is real. The prophet is for today. We need the prophet of God. We need prophetic ministry. We need to hear from heaven. We need to hear from the heart of God. We need correction. Can I just say this to any prophet that might be listening? We need you. Don't take what I'm saying and twist it up into something that it's not. We need you. We need your voice. 
but we also need edification, encouragement, and love. Tell us the hard things, but tell us also the answer. I loved what the prophets of old did. They would rebuke and correct and tell you what you need to do to straighten out. A lot of these today prophets, they want to tell us what we're doing wrong, but not tell us how to fix it. The prophet also comes with a solution. Amen. So next is the evangelist. The evangelist is that soul winner. Come on, somebody. The evangelist is a soul winner. They should be setting up meetings in our cities, tent revivals, outreach, doing all of the things that a soul winner does, right? Casting out devils, the lost being found, healing the sick, operating in demonstrations of power. Amen. And when they come into a local body with a pastor, they need to undergird the pastor come to serve the church and figure out what the flock is needing and spark revival and spark witnessing and come in and spark the body of Christ to evangelism. This is, you know, when it comes to the fivefold ministry of the evangelist, we've had the issue of now I've said all the good things. This is the things they're supposed to be doing. And a lot of them are doing it by the way, for every one fivefold ministry leader that's doing it wrong, there's a hundred that are doing it the right way. So don't take what I'm telling you and say that, you know, I'm just bashing the fivefold ministry. It's not what I'm doing today. But but what happens sometimes with the evangelists is they they come in, they blow through the house, they wreck havoc, they come in, collect a check, and roll on up out of there. They don't honor the pastor, they don't honor the church, and they just come in sometimes and can wreck havoc. And this is where the fivefold ministry has gotten breached. I, I'm this whole message today is about how we fix this breach in the fivefold ministry with us as leaders in the fivefold ministry. I know fivefold ministry leaders are listening to this all over the country. And so we've got to fix this breach. Evangelists, we got some things to fix. Come on. I love evangelizing. I get to evangelize all the time. Um, you know, prophets, apostles, we've got to fix some of these things and do well what God has called us to do. Amen. And so, uh, you know, we've got these televangelists. That's what they call them. And sow this thousand dollar seed and you're going to get your healing and your blessing today. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about sowing seed. I'm all about giving. There's kingdom keys that are tied to the tithe, tied to the offering, tied to your financial resource and your seed. So don't get me wrong on all that. But some of this stuff, it's gotten out of control. And we as the body of Christ have got to clean this stuff up, stuff up so that the fivefold can come together and once again be effective. Amen. The pastor. So let's move on to this. This is the shepherd. Amen. I am a pastor. I consider myself an evangelist as well, going out, sparking revival and pouring into the people. Amen. I'm a soul winner. I always have been. But uh, the, the shepherd, the pastor, this is a preacher. He provokes a congregation and a gathering of people. From week to week, he gathers them, provokes them to holiness and righteousness. He talks about the grace of God. He disciples. He cares for the sheep. Come on, somebody. The pastor has to smell like sheep. The pastor's the one doing the coaching, counseling, correcting as families are walking through chaos, as they're uh, on the verge of divorce, as their kids are acting crazy, um, you know, as, uh, you know, family members are lost. I mean, the, the whole pastoral thing is all about getting in there with the sheep and being for them, leading them beside still waters, amen, providing for them, nurturing them, amen. Pastors are right up in the middle of the people's problems. And I'm just going to say this. This is why pastors are loved. 
This is why pastors are loved because they're doing life with the individuals. And what happens is the other fivefold offices, they get jealous of this, they get envious of this, and next thing you know, we like yes on social media and we typing and we talking and we point your fingers and we all pastors, all they want to do is be celebrities, all they want to do is be one man shows, all they want to do is this, all they want to do is that. But what you're not understanding is you don't get in the sheep's pen. You get to come preach the word, drop the fire and go back home. Come on, uh, the, the prophets, you're dropping hammers and bombs on us and then you roll back home. Apostles, you come in and then you get to leave, right? But we cannot take this within the fivefold ministry and point this to the to the uh, pastorate. Um, I am not saying there obviously so so the pastor is the one who's loved. So when the pastor falls too, it's a great fall, amen. And so these things happen as well, right? where pastors get themselves involved in things that they should and they get themselves involved in sin there has been this thing that swept across america with celebrity pastors there's really no such thing they think they're a celebrity they think they're uh, i don't let me just say that i don't want to be a celebrity i want my name to be known in heaven come on somebody i'm not interested in celebrity pastorship i'm not interested in uh living in a fishbowl and having anybody uh, taking pictures of me come on somebody like we like I don't this stuff has gotten out of control with the pastorship too but again like my mama used to say don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. you need to be careful too about putting your lips on pastors you need to be careful about talking about God's anointed in any of these offices in the fivefold ministry we need to be very careful of that but just because somebody is a pastor and they get love in the community doesn't mean their heart is wrong. They might even have a mega church or a mega ministry. I'm just going to say this too. They're, for, they're all, you know, you could probably count on one hand over the last five years, maybe 10, uh, maybe two hands, you know, people that you know that were mega pastors or so these celebrity pastors, famous people that have fallen into sin. But there is, a, especially down here in the South, there's a church on every corner. For every one pastor that's doing something the wrong way, there's thousands more that are trying to do things the right way. But we want to lump everybody into a category, you see. We, we want to put every put a label on everybody. And I'm just going to tell you, jealousy don't look good on you. Envy don't look good on you, okay? So, like, if the shoe fits, kick it off. That's the instruction for the day, right? If the shoe fits, kick it off. You know, you don't got to keep wearing it. You know, you don't got to keep putting on that jacket and don't look good on anybody. Don't look good on pastors who are being jealous of evangelists and coveting ministries or or smaller church pastors coveting bigger church pastors like we have got to get past this stuff in the fivefold ministry because it's hurting us. It's ruining and our, it's ruining our witness. The world is looking, y'all. The world is looking and they're sensing what's going on with us. So the pastor, he's the shepherd. He gets in the sheep's pen. Uh, he counsels. He corrects. He coaches. He does life with those individuals. Amen. And so the teacher, and this is an office that we don't talk about much, and I'm almost done. The teacher, we don't talk about this office as much as we should, and it's a it's a very much needed office, and we got to have it. Amen. Um, and so teachers, 
are there to instruct us and to inform us. Let me say it like this. Teachers inform you, preachers move you. I call myself a teacher preacher because I want to inform you, but I also need to move you. I think I'll have a whole episode on that in the next couple of weeks about the difference between teaching and preaching. But teachers inform you and preachers move you. Can I just say this? Sometimes we don't need to run a lap. We don't need to shout. We don't need to roll around in the floor. We need to hush, sit down and let somebody teach you the Bible because the Bible is Jesus. And you need Jesus if you're going to call yourself a Christian. Come on, somebody. So like we need teachers in the body of Christ. We need to turn teachers loose. Pastors need to turn teachers loose on Wednesday night Bible study. Come on, turn them loose on a Sunday every now and then. My goodness, like we need to be taught the word of God. Now, here's the conclusion for today. And this is this is where I want to hang my hat. Give me three minutes if. If you uh, don't hear anything else I'm telling you today, this is what I need you to hear. This is what I need you to hear. Is that the fivefold ministry and the local church, they are complementary, not exclusive from one another. The fivefold ministry and the local church are supposed to operate and work together. Back to the very first thing I said. The fivefold ministry is for the equipping of the saints. For the equipping of the saints and to bring unity to the body of Christ. And when we're equipped and unified, we will raise ourselves up. We will be raised up to the full stature of the body of Christ, meaning that we will be mature and complete and God will be using us it is so sad to see anointed incredible fivefold ministry leaders that love Jesus that love the Lord that love people get wounded in a local church and pull away I have a friend I have a good friend of mine haven't talked to him in, in some years. We we it was a, there was a little bit of a falling out because of some of this stuff with the local church. So hadn't talked to him in a couple of years. This dude is incredibly gifted. He loves the Lord. He loves Jesus. Um, he loves people. He's a great evangelizer. He's willing to talk about the Lord. He talks about the Lord. He loves his family. He's he's a good man. But he got wounded in the church. He got wounded with this. I'll I'll tell you what it was. It was a prophetic ministry that went around and they were manipulating him and his family and people. And this brother has left the church. He will not be a part of a local body. And he uses scriptures like, well, a little yeast leavens the whole lump. There's people who are in sin in the church and all this stuff. And then this brother, a couple, you know, when we were still, he came and brought some sin that he was into with me. It's like, brother, you need to show grace because you still sin too. You don't get to leave the local body of believers because somebody sitting in the building might be dealing with some sin. We all deal with some sort of sin. We confess it. We overcome it by the blood of the lamb, the power of God's word, uh, asking God for forgiveness, confessing it. Right. I mean, like, what do we think that people in the church don't have issues? Have you read the book of first Corinthians? Yet Paul starts out the letter by saying to the saints in Corinth. I mean, what are we really doing here? Right. But it's so sad to see ministry leaders get wounded because of something or something didn't go their way or they wanted to have spotlight or they wanted to have this or they wanted this to take place or seeing this or seeing that. 
and we've we've got fivefold ministry leaders that will not uh, support the local church, that are constantly trying to rebuke the local church, that are constantly trying to pull and tug people away from the establishment and the structure of the local church that God established, by the way, through his scriptures. The Apostle Paul gave all of us uh, a scriptural instruction on the local church and what that was supposed to look like, y'all. And then he tells you, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. And, and so so we've got fivefold ministry leaders who are wounded and now they pull out. Now they pull out. What happens with these folks is something happens in the local church. Now I'm offended. God called me out of the local church. I'm not supposed to be in the local church. And I'm just going to tell you, God didn't call you out of something that he established. He didn't call you out of the structure that he has established. You think that God has called you out of the thing that he established for you to use your gift that he placed on your life to equip his bride for the second coming of his son. But but because you're offended because something happened because something didn't go your way or because you're offended or hurt by something that has took place in the church. Now you want to pull away from the bride and the body of Christ. You can't operate in your gift if you're not involved with the local church. And, and I know what some people are going to say. Well, it ain't always about the church house or the church structure or going to a building. Well, all throughout the scriptures, that's what Paul talks about. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves coming together. They were coming together in a building. And see, what happens with this, too, is that when we pull away and we pull out, what we do is we take a couple people with us or we find some people in the community who have the same line of thinking. Oh, I'm not called to the local structure of the church. I'm not called to serve in those type of settings. And now we've got a bunch of house meetings with a bunch of wounded people who talk just like us, who think just like us. And you don't have a hub. You have a club. And let that sit. You don't have a hub. You have a club of people who think like you, talk like you, act like you, and you're not using the gift that God has placed on your life to serve your local community of believers. The church, by the way, is not where everybody's supposed to be getting saved. The church, by the way, is where the fivefold is and operating to equip the people who are saved to go out into the marketplace and them save the people, then bring them back to the church for discipleship. This it's all in the scriptures, y'all. <laughs> it's all in the scriptures. Why have we missed this so bad? Why have we missed this so bad? We have got to get to a place of coming together. I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing. This is it. We have to do better. That's all that this, this message today is about. We got to do better, y'all. The fivefold ministry is there to equip the saints and to unify us. We over here backbiting and devouring each other. And nobody is getting to a place of unification so that we can grow up into the full stature of God. Mm. We have to do better. We have to unify we have to put our differences aside. You're going to have to put your church hurt to the side and humble yourself 
and get plugged in with a local body of believers and equip them and send them out to save and change the world around us. The fivefold, here it is. The fivefold don't get to leave the body if you're really a part of the fivefold. You don't get to leave the local church. That's where your assignment is. Have prayer meetings, have house meetings, do all of those things. But the local church where people are coming in that need you, that need your gift, that's where your assignment is. That's where your assignment is. Look, when you operate out of the biblical parameters that the fivefold ministry is given, you are in error. You're in error. You know, the funny thing about error is it's real easy to fix. What does the scripture say? Then do what the scripture tells you to do. We're called to equip the local body, fivefold ministry leaders. That's our assignment. That's your purpose. That's your God-given gift, talent, and ability. And we've got to come together. If you don't hear anything else that I say today, and you're a fivefold ministry leader, hear this. We have got to come together. We have got to unify. We've got to equip the saints. We've got to put our hurts to the side. We've got to put our pain to the side. Pull the knife out of your back and get back into the game. Check yourself into the game. I don't care what they did to you in a local church or in a local ministry, whatever. Get back into the game. Lock shields with the body of Christ and let's edify, let's equip the saints of God and send them back into the world to save the world and to change the world under the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit of God. Kingdom Conversations family, I love you. Uh, can't wait for next week. Can't wait for the next episode. Y'all be on the lookout. Look, go get on YouTube, share, like this stuff. If you're watching on Facebook right now, share, get the word out there. Kingdom Conversations, it's on all major platforms. Appreciate you guys' support over the years. Let's go run after the kingdom. Five-fold ministry leaders, let's lock shields. Let's get into a local church. Let's plug in and let's chase after the kingdom of God and make a difference to the world around us. Kingdom Conversations family, I love you. I can't wait to see you again and be with you again. Come on, pass the seat out.